Sam Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Going to be seeing some stuff and you're going to fucking love it. This is Emsolation. What advice would you give your teenage self, Michael Lucas? You're gay. Well, it's pretty easy. <laughs> you can do it. If you're worried you can't do it, I'm here to tell you, you can. You can't be unhappy when you're stuffing that in your mouth. You're in Emsolation. And if that soundbite doesn't get used in our new intros, I don't know what is up or down. Hello, darlings. Welcome to another week of Emsolation. I um, am sitting in my roof right now because I just needed a break from the questions. I'm on full display. I'm on tap for my family at the moment. And instead of using their own brains to think, they just ask me the question. It's like I've become like a human walking Google and the questions. And my husband is the biggest offender. And so I've just taken saying, what would you do if I wasn't here? I'm sick of it. And I love my family. I love my children so much. It hurts me physically. It hurts me. I love them so much. But we have since March been in very close quarters And I just realized I haven't been alone in the house, in my own house, alone, free to walk around nude if I want, free to lay on the couch eating chips off my tits, watching Beverly Hills Housewives without comment, without judgment. I haven't been able to do any, I've been able to fart without nine people hearing it. Remember when you could just fart with reckless abandon without everyone just being like, oh my God, you fart, Jesus. That's probably the thing I'm craving most. I mean, don't get me wrong. As soon as the girls are both back at uni and school and Scott's out at work and the baby's asleep, I'll sit in my house and rattle around and be like, oh, my God, I miss everyone. But right now, mummy's in the roof. (laughs) Lockdown restrictions have eased a teensy bit in Melbourne. Look, my heart does go out to you. If you own a small business, I'm so sorry. I really feel like perhaps more should have been done for you guys this week. But hopefully... For all good kids, everything opens up next weekend. Well, you know, within reason, COVID safe, bubbles, distancing, cleaning, limits, all those things. But I do feel a little bit brighter knowing that perhaps there is light at the end of the tunnel. I'm planning a picnic with Michael Lucas. There will be day drinking, possibly, I don't know, on a golf course somewhere. Who knows? I don't know. I'm throwing ideas out into the wind. I'm very excited about that prospect. And also the 25Ks means I can see my friend Joel. Um, I can see I can see Jamila. I can see Centella. I can see a lot of my friends who, because I live out whoop whoop, we can now meet on the edges of our 25K boundaries, which is very exciting. So, yes, feeling a bit more positive this week, I do have to say. And uh, I'm not going to chat for too long right now because it's a long app. It's a funny, weird one. I feel like that's the caveat to all of them, isn't it? We talk restrictions lifting. We talk Jacinda Ardern. We talk Dominic West's affair, the guy from The Affair, the show. Michael and I are obsessed with it. It's quite wild. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you're well wherever you are. I did reveal online um, yesterday that I am a very, very serious colour renderer. That's right. I started colouring in for anxiety therapy about a year ago. I mean, I've always loved – I paint a lot. I draw a lot. I do love arty things um, for myself. I'm not particularly good, but I do love painting and drawing and making. And um, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm good. Not like amazing, 
Like not something I'd ever probably put online, but yeah, I'm, I'm a very good colour in I'll tell you that. And I've got a Jason Momoa book I've been working my way through and I have been – if you have any colouring book suggestions, let me know. I, I like a lot of detail, not a lot of open space because I colour with markers, with Copic markers, and I find a lot of open space. You can see the strokes. So if things have got a lot of detail, you know, you can just fill that in with the right colours. So if you want to see my Jason Momoa colouring in, well, wouldn't you, Aquaman, it is on my Instagram. So I've been really loving that. And I take markers very seriously. Like I take textures. It's my religion. I've tried every brand of texter. The Copic markers are very expensive, but they're quite amazing. Jewel tip. You do need, I find, a bit of buffer card because they bleed. And that's the thing. The higher quality the marker, the more they do bleed. The Faber-Castell Art Series, the brush tips, are quite good. They don't bleed as much. Buffer card not needed per se. And the Montmarts for a little bit of a cheaper option, but they have a great colour selection. I could do have a PhD in markers. <laughs> so I've been loving my colouring in. There's a little, little bit of information that you didn't ask for from me. But it has been helping with my anxiety immensely. And because of what's been going on, I have gone through quite a few colouring books and ramped it up. But I just thought, you know, let you guys know that's what's been going on. I've been doing, you know, I do love crafting. Oh, God, I love making stuff. I do. Speaking of the Instagram, are you following us on the Emsolation Instagram page? My daughter mostly runs that, so go and give her a bit of a boost. She, um, she'd love to see you there. We'd, we'd love to hit 10,000 so we can have the swipe up option. And it's not the same as my Instagram. And I know we have like 100,000 listeners. I can see on our stats we have there's 100,000 IPs that listen. We only have 9,000 followers on Instagram, so some of you are not following it. It's at Emsolation Podcast. Go make my daughter successful. Make her feel like she's an influencer. She's talking to a crowd. But mainly we'd love to hit the 10,000 mark because that's when you get the swipe up link and then she can, me or Tony or whoever, but there's a few of us that run the account, can link you to fun stuff, <laughs> rad things, and, uh, you know, get on board. All right, that's at Emsolation Podcast. Okay, that's enough. I said I was going to shut up about five minutes ago, didn't I? What have we covered? Colouring in, not being able to fart in public. Yeah, that feels about right. All right, let's bring in my best pal, your best pal, Maka Lucas. Oh, one of you wrote and said, oh, sorry, go on tangent again. Said I say his name M-I-C-O-O-L, Michael, and I realise I do. So I'll say it correctly. Michael, Michael. I do say Michael. M-I-C-O-O-L. Thank you to the person who pointed that out in an email. <laughs> Sometimes I see these things. All right, here we go. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. All right, well, there could be a clash for the first time on M. Salation. <laughs> I'm foreshadowing yeah. a... Hearty debate on the announcements made yesterday by Dan. I mean, obviously, straight away, he came out in North Face Jacket, Michael. So we knew he was in a lighter mood. He was in a jovial mood. And it was 11 a.m. That's also key. If it's earlier, it's always better. Yeah. Yeah. And attractive Auslan interpreter. Attractive Auslan. Still in the perfectly cut suit, tightly cut suit. We won't tell our listeners how we refer to him in our text messages. (laughs) He is a dedicated we'll, public servant. <laughs> we'll let people imagine his um, nickname between you and I. But, yes, so obviously some restrictions have eased in Melbourne, but you and I have violently clashed off air on one particular <laughs> – <laughs> It was so violent. <laughs> the violent as we get. Um, 
Yeah, over his choice to not open retail this week. And also, just- by the way, in our text in the lead up to it, my mm-hmm. my prediction was all the social stuff would be this weekend and I said all the business stuff would be next weekend, which isn't, I mean, it could be next weekend, but I still think my prediction as the whatever I am, the enchanted seahorse of light, I think that was a correct <laughs> prediction. <laughs> Enchanted seahorse. You know, seahorses are very sexual beings. They have they have a lot of sex. They're the horniest sea creature. Well, there you go. Did you know that? I was thinking about seahorses yesterday. Actually, it's funny you chose that. I Ooh. remember just it just we were watching Nemo because we watch it four times a day, and there's a couple seahorses. And I thought to myself, I remember seeing in some doco that they're very sexy. Mm. So well, when I was working on Wentworth, we, as as Wentworth fans would know, we used seahorses to represent B and Ally, and then when B was dead. Ali saw seahorse clouds. Oh, sorry for the wow. spoiler alert. So seahorses—they're my version of owls. They're not actually. magical. <laughs> magical seahorse of light. Enchanted. But enchanted Can't be magical. seahorse of light. You're the magical. Sorry. Yeah, enchanted. The enchanted seahorse of, of light has. Because <laughs> your one, your one's a deathly. Okay, we're workshopping. We're workshopping. Enchanted seahorse of hope. Is that what we're going with? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Enchanted. I'm just writing that down. Enchanted seahorse of hope. So the enchanted seahorse of hope. But I just want to point out the magical unicorn of death did say we would be in lockdown till mid October. So and that was in March. That's true. Yeah. So she's she's coming to fruition. She also did say Sydney was going to have a big second wave. She was wrong there. But, she was wrong. I mean, she never can say be, never. Rarely though. Yeah. Oh, and also we're not out of the woods yet. I mean. (laughs) But I did also say to you, I feel like he's got something big coming today. I feel like there's something we're not expecting. There's a treat. And there was. He first of all hit us with it's going to be two weeks until really things are back to kind of stage three, you know, the COVID normal. But then he then said, but hang on a minute, if you're good kids, it could just be one week. Could be next weekend. That's right. As long as the numbers stay low, where you yep. know where they are. If through the course of this week uh, we see uh, further low numbers and a sense of certainty in the stories and circumstances that sit behind each of those case numbers, there is an opportunity that we can bring forward the things that are in, uh, scheduled for the first of November. I believe he should have opened retail this week. And I believe, I believe that um, he should have kept, say, 5K radius and allowed small businesses to open up. I want to see the main street of where I live. I want all those shops open. I'm happy if I can't go further than 5K without a permit if the poor guy who owns the shoe shop near where I live can open up. I'm happy to buy my shoes from him. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted him to see local municipalities open up but people just shop in their own districts. That's what I wanted. I think he would have been a bit slammed for that, though. People, Why? Well, all the retailers would say, well, that's fucking useless. We can't. Like, if you're, what about it's if you're in nothing. Westfield? Wasn't it better than being shut? Lots of people live near Westfields. They're all in suburban areas. But 5Ks around it. All right, 10. Whatever. <laughs> keep, the, keep, a, keep a tight ring on the suburbs, but allow small businesses to open up. I really... Oh, I understand, but I'm waning on the whole. I mean, oh no, God. I know. I completely understand. I mean, it'd be immensely frustrating. I remember I've been in that position of waiting for restrictions to change so that we can start pre production on shows and everything. And pre production is so distant and it's agony. So I sympathize and I really, really hope it is next weekend. Look, I mean, yeah, I, I completely understand why the changes are 
staggered. And, and it is a bit, I know people are saying, look at New South Wales, they've got this number of daily cases, you know, mm. and, but there is a huge, huge difference, which is mm. we are coming off 700 mm. per day, but you know, you've got to keep in mind three quarters of COVID transmissions are ACE, you know, barely any symptoms undetected. And so there's a lot that's sloshing around out there that the more we start to move, we'll bust up. Like we're going to get, yeah. we're going to get a lot of bust ups as, as we, a little flare ups, I should say, as you know, kids keep going back to school, people keep going back to work. And so if you have huge, big explosions of movement all at once, then the chances of that are worse. And so if you try, do your best to sort of step it out, step it out, step it out, Mm -hmm. then hopefully when those asymptomatic people start mixing and you get these little flare ups, you'll be in well place because I mean, the only thing I know is it's yes, it's likely one or two more weeks, hopefully one, but, but fucking hell, sustainable. if we go, well, no, uh, mate, of course it's but not. it's not sustainable what's happening now. And the problem is we need plans for living with this thing. It's, I, I think he was secretly going for eradication and Jenny McCarkis certainly hinted at that. Mm. But I just think they need to work harder with aged care. They need to work harder with their contact tracing systems because this is part of life now. And we can't all hide away scared in our houses any longer. No. I really think all energy needs to be focused into the contact tracing and aged care. Well, aged care is federal. Yeah, but, you know, Dan can ramp up pressure on that. He can. No, of course. I mean, but I, it's not but completely do you think helpless. that they have not done it, have not focused know. on contact tracing? Oh, no, I mean, obviously they're changing over now, the systems. But it's funny, a mate of mine who lives in Sydney has been in charge of deploying um, people into Melbourne to help fix up the contact tracing situation. And he said to me it was... Oh, shit. But also... Really bad. I feel like the real thing that we should take away from all of this, like I know we've got this inquiry going and all that sort of stuff, Mm. but... The DHS in in Victoria was absolutely mm. gutted, and not not mm. just recently. It's been happening since the nineties. It was mm. it was really really terrible, and and a lot of a lot of our parents used to work at an infectious diseases yes. hospital. A lot and of their got colleagues sold up for apartments. Yeah, exactly. And and it was always just something that governments cut persistently, both sides, both sides, mm. or at least Kenneth mm. started cutting it and then it's not like it was it's not like no. it was restored by mm. by the Labor Party. So New South Wales always did have a much better um, mm. DHS with, you know, far more staff members and and much better systems than, than we had coming into this. And Brady said this. that. Brady said that pre-pandemic. We're in trouble, man. And a lot of the, a lot of the articles are sort of saying the Victorian CHO, Brett, has one of the most unenviable jobs because oh. he has just been heaped with so many things that are split between about four people in other states. So if you want to take anything out of it, I mean, obviously the security guards and everything was a disaster, but that was a, like, we've never faced something like that before. It was a bad decision, but the DHS, the biggest thing we should take away is we just need to better fund it. We need Correct. to have better amounts of staff right from the ghetto. <laughs> we need to be ready. And if yeah. you think that making cuts on health are good for the economy. Well, no. they're not. When something like this happens, it's a disaster. Well, surely now, because we're going to have to live with COVID forever until there's a vaccine and even then there'll be new strains, mm. uh, surely now they just have to boost that whole department. Yeah, yeah. No, well, they, I have and they've set up, you know, they've set up all these sort of local hubs and, and it's thousands <laughs> now. I saw my dad the other day and um, – 
because they live within the 5K because we're wogs. We live next door to each other. And um, <laughs> my dad's been watching all his news on YouTube and oh God, I just don't even – he has a lot of suggestions for Dan. Oh, um, God. Based on videos he's been watching coming out of the US. He oh. also – my dad also has um, – you know, he's a fan of one of Trump's advisors who he feels could step in and be uh, president. Oh, what? <laughs> no. My mum. Your dad's not leaning Trump, is he? My dad, not Trump, but <gasps> Republican. Oh, my dad, I believe, being an immigrant to this country, he saw the labour movement of the 80s and 90s, late 70s, you know, the, all the unions and mm. stuff. He saw that as rewarding slackers, I reckon. Like, I don't know. I just know that my dad is right-leaning in, in the way of, you know, work hard, get your money, pay as little tax as possible, you know, like old school. I think my dad's right-leaning. And I reckon most first-gen immigrant dads, here's a sweeping statement, would be pretty right-leaning. Yeah. yeah, he is. He totally is. He's he's definitely a capitalist, my dad. And I definitely have capitalist DNA in me. <laughs> Adrian's mother has some of these traits, although I have to say that she has shocked us all in New South Wales by being a Dan Stan. She's really? just constantly, yeah, she proclaimed him her hero at one point. <laughs> but she just did admire someone who stands up there and takes a lot of shit and doesn't lose. Oh. Composure is very important to her. Like I think Mate. she's big on Penny Wong as well. His composure, we all agree, we can all stand Dan in the way that he handles those reporters who just want to trip him up, they just want that headline. The, he is the most patient person on the face of the planet. I can't fault him. Mm. I cannot. Mm. He's amazing. I don't mean to be curt, but we've done this already a couple of times. I'm not going to have things that are absolutely incorrect put out there again and again. For whatever the motivation, they're simply not correct. All right, well, we'll wait and see. Hopefully It'll it's be just a this week. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, in more political news, God, we've, how have we become a political podcast? It's, <laughs> to be fair, there's a lot going on. Jacinda Ardern had a stunning victory on Saturday night for the New Zealand Labor Party. Now more than ever is the time to keep going, to keep working, to grab hold of the opportunities that lay in front of us. So let's step Forward together. Kahuake Tonotato. Let's keep moving. Clark was handing out freshly cooked fish to the reporters yeah. as they waited. Clark, you've done it again. I'm very, very impressed. You've done it again. Last time, 2017. And now you're back with some more what looks like fish sliders and venison bites. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, I wasn't actually going to do anything, but then there were so many oh, reminders yeah. this oh, week and it was a good excuse to sneak out and go fishing. What a guy. I mean, if there ever was an example of a, of a, a stay-at-home husband who hosts a fishing show on the, on the radio, mm. On the telly? On the telly? Is he a radio host or a TV host? He, was, he had he was a little TV fishing show, I believe. Gorgeous. And my understanding is, I don't know, New Zealanders can fill us in on this, but is the equivalent of us having a Prime Minister who was sort of married to the Bondi vet or something like that? Is that what this is? <laughs> if it is, Let's just say I really yes. love it. Let's just say yes. I think that's exactly what it is. You've nailed it. So, look, she had, obviously, in her first year of office, she had a baby. Mm. So, just, just pumped out a child. And then she went through, what did she go through? The terrorist attack of the mosque, yeah. volcanic eruption yeah. and COVID-19. Yeah. 
And for the first time since they kind of implemented the new structure within the New Zealand government, she won majority. I know. She's incredible. But then she's come out today and said, we may still form a coalition. Oh. She doesn't have to. No, have but to. it's oh, – see, that's why you love it. With, is it going to be with the Greens? Possibly. She hasn't said that they're putting together the government now, but they got 64 of 120 seats, so they don't have to. They don't have to involve the minor parties at all. They can just take majority and pass whatever the hell they want through, through government. Oh, she again is the living antidote to everything you hate about politics in this world. Oh. But oh, what? can I be the voice of doom? Again? Oh. No, oh, okay. no, just because I was super interested to what her downsides were because yeah. <laughs> obviously I'm in the bubble, I'm in the left-wing bubble of Jacinda Ardern, amazing, so relatable, but what is she like as a as a govern uh, to govern? What's and, she like? And officially, you're not going to include the lighting that she chooses on her Insta stories as a downside. <laughs> Although in practice, you would put that quite high on the list. Yes, her lighting does leave a lot to be desired. I wanted to know why she beat Judith, Judith from the National Party, and doesn't Judith Collins look like a Judith? Oh, she really does. She's got <laughs> hair like a Judith. So even though tonight has been. A very tough night for us all, and the campaign a very tough campaign. Three years will be gone in the blink of an eye. And I say to everybody, we will be back. She's how I want my Judiths to look. If I'm ordering a Judith from Central Casting, that's who I want to show up, is the, <laughs> is the opposition leader of New Zealand's National Party. Now, the Australian gave me what I wanted in the headline from Gideon Rosner, who is a, a journalist at The Australian, danger across the ditch is incompetent leader Ardern wins office. Oh. <laughs> just yeah, really so non-biased reporting. I mean, they're yeah. just, they should be ashamed of their COVID response. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, she has just proved women too emotional to handle a crisis. <laughs> Don't put them in charge. They'll probably launch a nuke when they've got their period. <laughs> So I looked up and here's the criticisms, major criticisms of her is that she had a program called Kiwi Build, which promised to build 100,000 affordable homes for New Zealanders and only 600 have managed to be built. Mm-hmm. She had a light rail project that is just not eventuated, which a lot of kind of young people were hoping for. And also New Zealand ranks 35th out of 41 in UNICEF's child wellbeing report. Their child poverty and child welfare is really shocking. Also, there's this vibe in New Zealand for people who oppose her that, yes, she's relatable. Yes, she's cool. But she doesn't actually that the the campaign was really lied on in policies no one actually knew what she was promising all it was was let's move forward yes yeah but how and I, I I nailed the COVID response so let me do the rebuild yeah and everyone's like okay she can manage a crisis great but can she govern she hasn't proven because since she took office there's just been one crisis after another She's just been kind of putting out those fires in a spectacularly positive fashion. But can she govern, Michael, is the question that everyone is asking. And she's come out and said, yeah, we're going to do a lot of, we're going to have a lot of shovel-ready projects. They love that phrase, don't they? Shovel-ready. Yeah, I hear it again very, and again and again. But what is it? That's very male-centric, don't you think? Shovel a woman ready. can hold a shovel. Yeah, but, can hold a shovel. There's no way to dig a hole without a shovel. But those industries traditionally are full of men. I mean, 90% of people who lost their jobs during COVID in New Zealand are women, Mm. 90%. So they should be focusing on like hospitality and tourism and retail 
uh, and health where a ho- that the high majority of women do work traditionally and have lost their jobs. The numbers speak for themselves. So why are we mentioning fucking shovels? I don't understand. <laughs> Well, I I know because infrastructure, the government can just go, boom, here's an infrastructure project with stuff, Mm. with stuff like, you know, in some of those areas uh, like health and everything. I mean, they should just be pouring funding into it and hopefully people getting hospitality, tourism, retail. Yeah. They uh, they need to stimulate to get hospitality, but with, with infrastructure, they can actually just go. It's not like they (laughs) will give out money to to hospitality people. Although if you were a leader, I could see you doing that. True, true, true. They do need to talk about them, though. Enough, enough shovels. Yes. Anyway, that's the criticisms. Yeah. No, it is good. We shouldn't let people become deities the way that we often do. <laughs> We're bad. We and if our, if our politics is shown, doesn't matter how popular you are at one point, you're you just a step away from being a Dan or a Gladys and having people... <laughs> completely hate on you. Oh, no, I just thought it's important. I don't want people to think we're totally blinded. And, you know, I do partake in the practice of reading thoroughly the other side's arguments so I can be confident in my own. Mm. And I'm still confident in my love of Jacinda. And I still think if she's good to her core and I think she's going to govern the shit out of the next three years, I think she's going to show us some good things. How is Gladys? Do we know? Have we heard? Well, I mean, she's. I think she's just – she's – had a, I imagine, I hope she got some sleep on the weekend. That's what oh, I'm thinking about. I do about. too. I mean, I hope she she's very heartbroken. She's very sad. I think she's, she's out just... of the woods. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I suppose they've got to wait for the ICAC findings. The thing about her is she's popular and who's going to be the person that steps up to like take her job? But there's no mm. obvious successor. I think that's, that's another reason why Dan, despite everything, is... Like, I mean, who's the dude that's going to, or, or dudess? That's gonna, did I just say dudess? <laughs> dudette. Oh, yeah, you're a ninja turtle. I love that. The, that what, the mystical seahorse of sexuality is now the <laughs> fucking ninja turtle. You're such a Donatello. You're totally Donatello. Do you still remember the personalities of yeah. the turtles? God, I was yeah. so out of it then. I was going to correct you and say Donatella because uh. I was <laughs> thinking of the House of Versace. <laughs> Things have changed for me. Gay, 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 gay. (laughs) But are we going to segue to another sex scandal? I'm consumed by this sex scandal and it's a niche one because it's not like they're the most popular actors. No, but I reckon uh, everyone, once you point out who she is and describe her credits, knows knows who she is. And the fact that the man was mostly well known for starring in The Affair is what really (laughs) adds to it. It's delicious. Never cheated on that one. You were cheating on your husband? No. So Dominic West, 51-year-old Dominic West, everyone keeps pointing this out because Lily James, the person he's having the affair with, is 31. So he's from The Wire and I, of course, and we all know him from The Affair, which was just one of the most disturbingly sexual things I've ever watched. I can't stop thinking about you. That's sweet. Sometimes I worry you're just a really great dream. Well, don't wake up now. I found it really, it haunted me for a bit, the affair. Did it haunt you? I only watched the first season and mostly I I was watching it thinking I was so happy to see Pacey from Dawson's Creek again. (laughs) Yes, Joshua Jackson. Yeah. Yes. But it went on for a yonks and yonks and yonks. Oh, yeah. They made another, they made a few series too many. Mm. Um, So Dominic West, he is, and Lily James, who's from Downton Abbey and then played Cinderella. Is she is Cinderella the most well-known thing she's done, do we think? She's, she pops up all over the place. She was in that Yesterday movie. She's, she's in Mamma Mia. 
She was in Mamma Mia. She was, she's about to be in the remake of Rebecca with Army Hammer, which I'm obviously looking forward to. <laughs> she yeah, always so pops she, up. She pops up. She played the young Meryl Streep character in Mamma Mia, the second one. So they've been filming in Rome. Now, Dominic has been happily married to his wife for many years. They have four kids, Catherine. But Dominic was, was photographed passionately kind of kissing Lily. They were going on romantic Vespa rides around Rome. I just have read the phrase alfresco canoodling a lot, oh, which I want I to use my in my personal that. life. <laughs> I love alfresco canoodling. Yeah. Oh, That's better than beach canoodling. You know, usually people are saying canoodling on the sand. Yeah. Okay. I certainly oh, hope God. when you go out with Scott next time you suggest some alfresco. It's a bit hard with a mask, oh, but no. still go for it. Oh, no. There's no canoodling. It's 20 years of marriage, mate. Snow <laughs> canoodling. Um, so, <laughs> so they were seen, a fresco canoodling. And the photos, obviously, Dominic got wind of the photos. So as the photos were hitting all the tabloids, he popped on a plane to fly home to his wife, Catherine. And here's where things get wild. Then Catherine and Dominic stood out front of their home and held a press conference, canoodling. They, they did some... Um, at front of gate canoodling right? and said their marriage is stronger than ever. They're really happy. Um, he was like holding her hand. She was kind of dead fishing it. If you look at the photo of the body language quite closely, here is a woman who is shell-shocked um, going along with her charismatic husband but in her bones knows that something's off. Right. <laughs> and then it gets wilder. Then they put a handwritten note out the front as they leave just as a lasting reminder to the press that everything's fine. Them, our marriage is stronger than ever. Thank you for inquiring. Well, that sorts it out for me. Oh, <laughs> Sold. Guys, everyone go home. Everyone pack up now. We've got the handwritten note. Pack up. John, get that camera out of here. Now nah, tell the sun we're done. There's a note. Guys, have you seen the note? They're fine. If Guys. I came around to your house and saw on the door, our marriage is fine. Thank you for asking. I would honestly call the police. I'd be that 100%. worried. 100%. Does anything say your marriage is fucked more than leaving a handwritten <laughs> note out front saying our marriage is fine? <laughs> Who is advising these people? <sighs> Who? I want the name of the PR. Are they Shonky or us? The, there is no, there cannot be a PR girl involved here. Can you imagine? <laughs> so Dominic's right. What do I do? Uh, what do I do, Michelle? Oh, Dal, just write a note. That'll be fine. <laughs> just get Catherine to sign it and leave it out the front. That'll settle it. Okay, good idea. Thank you. But then more, more has come out. A businessman has come forward and said, well, oh, I saw Dominic canoodling on a plane. So there was plane canoodling. With, uh, I thought it was his daughter at first until they started tongue kissing. I think that would be high altitude canoodling. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my favourite part, right? The reporter's gone, okay, why are you coming forward? Why are you bothering with this when they left the note? You know what I mean? Like, they've left a note. Why are you doing this? It's over. And then the businessman's gone, well, I saw the note and I saw the wife and I thought she deserved better and I saw them kissing on a plane. So it's not just happening in Rome, it's happening on a plane. I'm like, good on you, businessman, unnamed businessman. <laughs> so what's going on? What? How, how do you... Tell me, because you're very good at seeing the best in people, right? What's your take on what Dominic West is doing? I don't know. I mean, look, <laughs> firstly, I would take a healthy level of scepticism about all of these reports. Although uh, the first one, the fir- did you see the pap shots of the first one? I mean, yes. Okay. Yes. And they're yeah. definitely not. Yeah. They're no. definitely not filming a scene. 
No. Because I still remember, I wrote an episode of a show with um, Jessica Murray at one point, and Mm. she is paparazzi catnip. Like, they just go bananas. And Mm. they kept taking pictures of her doing scenes and where she was doing a romantic scene or, or like, on a date with a co-star, and then it was splashed all over Woman's Day. Mm. But, okay, all right. Well, then the only other thing is we don't know what the situation with that marriage is. Maybe I've got an open marriage. I don't know. There's a note. But this this but it situation. says our marriage is fine. No, she, they have four kids, and, and and unnamed sources have said she's been blindsided. She thought they were happily married. She thought mm. they were fine. I mean, it seems exceptionally risky behaviour on his behalf. Yeah, he just didn't seem to care. Like they weren't being secretive. I don't understand. It's he's, it's almost like he's throwing. He wants to get caught. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they were doing it on a Vespa, so there was um, Vespa canoodling. They were doing it at the front of a restaurant. They weren't even sitting in the back in a seedy corner. They were out the front and they were doing it in plain sight on a plane. Mm. Where's Lily in all of this? Yeah, well, well, she's cancelling her press tour for Rebecca. I can tell you that much and I think I know why. (laughs) Has she done that? Has that come out? Apparently, yeah. Apparently that's what (sighs) she's been doing at the moment, getting rid of all of her interview dates. I want Lily to write a note. Where's Lily's note? What's Lily's note going to say? Yeah. We're just rehearsing, guys. It feels just like getting such a sort of – it feels like a relatively old-fashioned scandal. And I think the reason why – because we've been in lockdown, everyone's been in lockdown for so long, it's been a while since we've had alfresco canoodling in the tabloids. <laughs> and even the fact that they're making a film called Pursuit of Love and they were staying in, like, all these places in Rome, it's like a throwback, this whole scandal. But he's playing her father in the movie. <gasps> no. Yes. Oh, that's a really, oh, that's, oh. I mean, that's what, like- that's what, I do understand that people do find him. Yes. Very, I'm, I'm not necessarily in that category. Me, me neither. And she looks so young. Like she's, yes. she's only just moved out the, of the like, put a school dress on her and you'll buy that she's a teenager sort of category. Correct. She was in Baby Driver as well, wasn't she? Yeah. Oh, she was great in Baby Driver. She has been in a lot. Yeah. She's one of those ones that always pops up everywhere and you never quite remember her name. Yeah, that's not. That's I think not we'll for her. remember it now, though, won't we? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to forget. Yeah, so he plays her father in that movie, so it's not like they can say they're getting swept up in the romance of being leading actors together, which does happen. Let's be honest. Hello, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Jennifer Anderson learned that the hard way, so it does happen. Mm. Um, Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise, Days of what is the Glory? Days of Days glory. of Thunder. <laughs> Days of Thunder. Like this just happens. It does. Tom and Tom again, but. This not in this case. This father and daughter in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Also, they've timed it terribly or very well because, yeah, because they're the only show in town at the moment. Like mm-hmm. the global hunt to get pictures of Dominic West and Lily James is just going to go next level. Thoughts and prayers to Catherine, though, the wife. Thoughts and prayers, dog. She's just there in her skivvy and her jeans. I mean, if that were me, if I was coming out, for a press conference to say my marriage was okay, I would be in a skin-tight red frock. The whole thing would be choreographed. I mean, it almost does feel like history tells that if your husband comes in and says we need to go out and face the press and declare that our marriage is okay, I mean, it so often comes a cropper. Like, remember, poor, oh, yeah. I mean, the, the ultimate is always going to be Hillary having to come out and go, there is a vast oh. right-wing conspiracy, and if any journalist wants to find the story, that yeah, poor woman. it's true. So, it's true. I, I mean, I'm, I'm surely there must be times where it's worked out well for someone where they've prevailed, but I can't think of any. 
can't think of any either. It's like when when um the the in the AFL. I'm going to do a sporting analogy here. Just got to take a run up. It's like when a coach is like everyone's saying the coach is going to get sacked, and the and the board come out and go, oh, we completely support the coach next week. Gone. Ah, uh, like yeah, yes, yeah. Reference. Well done. No, that actually really makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It's that. It's that last. It's Catherine. I just feel like I know. Imagine it's Dan Andrews at the press conference going, <laughs> "I all my ministers have my faith," and then two days later, it was Jenny. Correct. Correct. Bye bye, Jenny. Bye bye, Chris. No, I think you mark my words. Magical unicorn of death. I think Catherine's going to have the last word here. I think Catherine's going to have the last say. She's just getting her bearings. She's been taken <laughs> by surprise. She went outside in a skivvy. I don't think she was thinking that through in some gumboots to say her marriage was fine. So she allowed the note to happen. I just think she's gathering. I understand. You know, you got four kids. You're busy working, mum. She's just, it's hitting her today. What the fucking fuck is going on here, Dominic? Yeah. Let the plane canoodling, the Vespa, the restaurant. You're playing her father. <laughs> Get out. It's coming. I'm telling you right now. And all we say to her is that when it, the time comes and you want to do your tell-all, we will subscribe to whatever subscribe. outlet we need to subscribe to hear we will, your whatever version. platform. I'll even do binge. I'll even do whatever. Wherever you do it, I'll follow. I'll follow you, and I'll find it. And I just feel like I feel like more's coming for this story. I'm excited. I mean, I'm sad for Catherine, but ultimately, I'm glad she found out. You know, she found out what he, what, what's going on. So it had to happen this way. She's going to move on. She's going to be fine. I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing the move on. It's like when Carl Stefanovic and his wife split up. Cassandra. Yeah. She went on. And and he's got Yasmin and the new baby, and Cassandra's gone off and done Dancing with the Stars. You know, got in great shape. Sold her house. Yeah. Never been better. So there you go. <laughs> Wendy Dang. Uh, Wendy Dang. Oh, Wendy Dang. Oh, I was talking about Rupert Murdoch with my mother-in-law actually um, on Saturday. Oh, God. What was <laughs> her take? Mo- my mother-in-law is 72 and she said to me, why is Jerry Hall, Emmy, well, you, you'll know this, why is Jerry Hall, why, what is she doing? What, what would she wanted, why would she want to be with that old, old, horrible man? And I said, come on, Liz, kick her cash. She's waiting. She's waiting in the wings. She's hoping when they go to the beach a stiff wave hits at the wrong angle. Yeah. Like, surely. Why else would she? She got close. He had, that, he had that issue on the yacht um, and it looked like he was a goner, but then he came good and then he sold Fox Studios. So, I mean, she's just got to wait for the next episode. We're obsessed. We're obsessed with Rupert and Jerry. If people knew and Wendy, Rupert's ex. But Wendy moved on to like. 25-year-old hard And then model. she as well organised paparazzi to f- take photos of her on a beach in a bikini looking amazing yeah. with hot models. If anyone listening now wants to know the correct way to move on from a long-term <laughs> marriage breakdown, Google image Wendy Dang model boyfriend. So just remember, you're going to leave the podcast now from listening. You're going to go and you're going to Google it. You're going to look it up. Now she was married to Rupert Murdoch. She was a she was a she's an amazing woman. She I just I just have this vision of her launching her body to protect him. That's right. That's right. In the phone hacking inquiry. (laughs) That's right. Amazing. And then they've broken up. And just go and Google image her next after Rupert and do a side by side. Make a little collage of Rupert and the new guy. Just do it. It'll, it'll just make it restore your faith in women. If Emma ever gets divorced, you can absolutely guarantee it'll take. She'll be she'll be absolutely out of sight for six months as Correct. she militantly works out. Yes. And then she Gay will appear boyfriend. on a beach. It'll be a port sea beach, and then she will have found an incredibly attractive young guy. If you look. 
closely, you'll probably identify it as Joel Creasy's boyfriend, but don't think about that. <laughs> yes, I would cast Jack as my bounce back relationship. He'd do Perfect. really well with it, I reckon. And he'd be just the right, like if you turn around and threw your arms around his neck, you'd sort of have that looking up into his face thing and his hair would be all blowing. Yes. It'd be perfect. And Jack Stratton Smith, Joel's boyfriend, is an actor. So totally. he's the perfect, oh, we're casting him if it ever happens. He's an actor and a fitness instructor and a singer. He's everything you require for this role of you. Oh, my God, he is a triple threat. I forgot about all that. He's an amazing singer and a fitness. Yes, he's, yes, she started this turret affair with fitness instructor slash model slash actor Jack Stratton-Smith. <laughs> Jack listens to our podcast. He's going to be laughing his head off at this. I love it. <laughs> she, she offered so much sexual lure, he turned straight. Creasy is devastated. <laughs> nah, Joel would be so up for this. He'll love it. <laughs> Joel would love to be in a thruple with me and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love that. would be the perfect thruple, honestly, because I don't really want to have sex anymore. And so, like, <laughs> we just sit around watching RuPaul's Drag Race Holland on YouTube. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we've ended on me being in a thruple with Joel, Creasy and Jack, so I feel like we've come full circle. We really have. Okay. Have a nice day. Have a nice day yourself. We'll speak soon. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right, you little sexy minxes. That's it from us. Hope you enjoyed it. The Dilemma Doctors on Friday, if you listened, was a juicy one. It was uh, one of our listeners. She was considering dating a woman who was polyamorous. Well, I have to tell you, we've got an update from that um, and I'm going to make you wait till Friday so I want you to go and listen to Friday's bonus ep of the Dilemma Doctors and a woman pondering whether she should enter into a polyamorous relationship with another woman I have had an update which it's gonna it's a twist no one saw it coming it's gonna blow your mind I'm gonna leave you on a cliffhanger but go back and listen to Friday so you're up to date for this Friday's episode okay and thanks to all of you who got busy working mum masks and busy working mum t-shirts there's only a couple left if you want to grab yourself a mask, uh, go to mrussiano.com. It's all there. Um, there's also like plain masks with just a little leopard print owl if you don't want to be so, quite so extra. Thank you for all your support. The merchandise helps me. It does. supports my family. All right, that's it. We'll chat to you guys later in the week. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.